Hey, good morning, it's Sabine. Let us take a look together at what account in scripture the enemy seeks to hijack this week and why. I call this update enemy virgin gatherings. We had a uh, signaling by the UK royal family in addition to the Bidens in the US this week. The royals exit St. Magdalene Church after the Christmas service. They are seeking to associate themselves with Mary Magdalene, a type of the bride, and Joseph's family gathering in the Virgin Islands. These locations are not chosen haphazardly. They do this on purpose. Remember in the last video that we shared about the time of revelation of the Messiah, but also the anti-Messiah. The Ipeg Goat featured the Notre Dame, um, which was historically dedicated to Mary Magdalene. So if you pierce underneath all the junk, <laughs> the site uh, used to um, feature a church dedicated to Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, who with uh, the other Marys and with Joseph of Arimathea, the Decurion in the Sanhedrin, the uh, great uncle of Jesus, but also a tin trader with the UK. So he was familiar with sailing from Israel to Western Europe. They were cast out of Jerusalem after the stoning of Stephen and sent off in a ship without a rudder and landing it in the south of France at a little town, which is still called Saint-Marie-Omer, um, they started to evangelize and share the gospel first in France and then onward to the UK. The Bidens, the current king and queen, so to speak, of Babylon's Harland, harlot daughter, have a family gathering in the Virgin Islands in St. Cross, the Holy Cross. As the imposter, second in command, Joseph, Joe, under B-H-O, the Pharaoh, Baraknaten. The gathering sings with the Torah readings for the upcoming Sabbath, the Ezra instituted readings, which are uh, intended to be, re to be read this, this Sabbath, speak of Joseph's reunion with his brother. The readings are entitled Fa Yigash, or, and he drew near. So that is the focus of this Sabbath in the readings of the Old Testament in Israel, the reunification of Joseph and his brothers and him revealing themselves to him. So this is about revelation of a Messiah type because Joseph foreshadowed Jesus. I also understand it's a direct fulfillment of Jeremiah 50, 51. These two chapters cover the upcoming destruction of the US, the daughter of Babylon and of Jeremiah 50 verses 30 to 33 in particular. The mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight. We know that the U.S. is currently involved in all kinds of proxy wars and all kinds of instigations of conflict and wars worldwide, most notably now in the Ukraine. They have remained in their holds. Their might hath failed. They have become as women 
and we can certainly recognize the emasculated leadership. They have burned their dwelling places. Her bars are broken. We see a prefiguring of the compromise at the southern border by design, the Title II controversy. One post shall run to meet another and one messenger to meet another to shew the king of Babylon that his city is taken at one end. And I believe this pertains to the future destruction of New York and that the passages are stopped and the reeds they have burned with fire. And the men of war are, are affrighted. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor. It is time to thresh her yet a little while, and the time of her harvest shall come. The U.S., the spiritual daughter of Babylon, also uh, described in the scriptures as the hammer of the world, the military might of the spiritual system. Babylon is now concentrated in the U.S. The financial might in London, the city of London to be exact, and the religious power in the seat of the Vatican. The U.S. is also described as the young lions of Tarshish, uh, Britain being Manasseh, the lions of Tarshish. The U.S. is also described as the tribe of Ephraim and the land full of images, the land of unwalled villages as well, the nation's destruction by cosmic judgment, fire, floods, and foreign invasion, particularly from the north, is clearly foretold in Jeremiah 50, 51, Hosea 5, and Amos 8. So here we see the exit of one of the Antichrist types from the church structure. Remember the imagery in the iPad goat of the Vesica Pisces shaped exit, and <clears throat> which alludes to the Notre Dame because they have the same gargoyle over the exit as the Notre Dame has on its roof. So they want to associate with the uh, with Christians with the the concept of virgins and they associate themselves with it on purpose. The Bidens arrive in the U.S. Virgin Islands to relax between holidays. Looking at this with spiritual eyes, we see Joseph uh, as the leader of the second in command to the American Pharaoh, Barack Hussein Obama, the proposed first beast. And he has a family gathering in the quote-unquote Virgin Islands at the exact time we are in between the readings of Joseph last week and now his revelation this week and next week. Scripture portions about uh, retrieving Jacob and his household to come to Egypt to uh, be able to provide to be provided for. So what uh, this week's reading is about is the beautiful revelation of um, Joseph as the forerunner of the Messiah. And then the brothers are going to be instructed to take that testimony back home so the household can find uh, spiritual nourishment, but ultimately also salvation from the uh, prophesied years of drought because at this time we are two years in to the time of drought in the account of Joseph and there are five more years of foretold judgments to fall on the land. So this is what I believe they are seeking to usurp 
but the Lord helps us to pierce through and look at the original. We can see the destroyer coming into clearer and clearer view. And we can even discern with hindsight um, that the enemy has known all along, of course, of the destroyer coming. And they have pictured that also in their predictive programming. We see the harlot of the U.S. Um, designed into the, into the landscape looking upon what is coming upon the earth with fright, just like their uh, understanding or their hijacking of the man-child. We know that the Lord is going to reveal himself through his believers, and uh, I believe Satan is going to counterfeit that. So the gathering of the Bidens, uh, Joe or Joseph, in uh, the Virgin Islands, in a spe specific location, the cross, refers to the inner structure where we see the uh, death and rebirth picture. Remember the uh, funeral of one of the harlot queens, uh, Queen Elizabeth, in Westminster Abbey, in a similar location, right at that cross point. We see the hand of God, the judgment of God, falling upon the harlot stronghold and the hammer of the world disappearing disappearing into the green sludge or the swamp and under the guise of quote-unquote draining the swamp people have been allured to choose either side of the political paradigm as opposed to following the lord directly this that doesn't pertain to the bride of christ and the media are uh, widely speculating about nuclear warfare pertaining to Yellowstone, but also in Europe, the German government is preparing their citizens toward nuclear fallout. But then the scriptures, and he drew near, look up. This week's Torah readings cover the revelation of Joseph to his brothers. The Lord told us we would also see our redemption drawing near or nigh. Luke 21, 28, James 4, 8, and James 5, 8. This week's Torah readings pertain to the revelation of Joseph, Genesis 44 to 47, coupled with the reunification of Israel and Judah in the book of Ezekiel. So if you click on the link in the description box, the article will pop up, and then you can read the account in much more detail. Also, how Joseph foreshadows Jesus. I think there are about 100 parallels between Joseph and Jesus. So when Jesus uh, told us to look up that we would see a redemption drawing, drawing near, the drawing near is marked on the calendar this Sabbath. This is a brief account of the meeting of Joseph and his brothers from the scriptures. So you can take a look at that. Tevet 5.6, Joseph revealed, Genesis 43.16. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, the youngest brother, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring these men home and slay and make ready, for these shall dine with me at noon. And they made ready the present against Joseph came at noon, for they heard that they should eat bread there. So there are two references in Genesis 43 of dining at noon, but also the sequence of the wedding slaughter 
following the bringing of the men home. So the servants uh, or the ruler of the house is a type of the Holy Spirit bringing his brothers home. There's a wedding slaughter or a slaughter making ready for a banquet. And um, so there's a lot hidden for us in these two short verses. Friday, December 30th is also the day portion of the quarter lunar Sabbath. So we have shared a couple of videos ago that in addition to the weekly Sabbaths, just like noted on Torah calendar, there's also the ancient way of dividing the weeks in the lunar Sabbaths, the first quarter moon, the full moon, the third quarter moon, and the dark or the new, the new moon. That was used in the ancient time. Currently, we have a weekly Sabbath system. Um, so the Sabbath will begin um, one day earlier on the lunar Sabbath calendar with the first quarter moon, December 30th. And of course, in the evening, the evening portion of the regular Sabbath uh, weekly Sabbath calendar will start. The Sabbath reminder of the family gathering and the revelation of Joseph to his brothers resonate with multiple prophecies, uh, some scriptural, some we can see on the world stage. First, uh, David was strengthened by the priests of Nob, uh, Ahimelech, and ate the shewbread on the first Sabbath after the new moon banquet. Remember we covered the um, account in scripture, 1 Samuel 20, of David and Jonathan parting before the new moon, him and uh, David meaning being absent from the enemy's table and the enemy seeking to attack their own and them waking up to the evil intent of the rulers at hand, just like in our days. But then if we continue to read in scripture, we see that David uh, sought rescue and strengthening at the priest of Nob. He was um, endowed with eating the shewbread. And we know that it is, that it is uh, a Sabbath because the, the bread was changed before the Sabbath. And in addition, he was given Goliath's sword. And what we see from that moment onward, so he was strengthened both physically with nourishment, but also empowered uh, to overcome the enemy from that moment onward. So we see a tipping point in the account of David of being a fugitive to being becoming an overcomer. So both in the account of Joseph and David, we see a supernatural strengthening and provision by the Lord revealed through his faithful. We have another marker in scripture pertaining to the coming Sabbath. We find it in, in Ezekiel 33. On to that five, uh, scripture notes that he was notified of the destruction of Jerusalem. And what is interesting to me, knowing that the month of Tevet we're currently in mirrors the month of Tammuz six months ago. Because on Tammuz 5, Ezekiel was commissioned to be a watchman to the exiled in Babylon. So we read in scripture that he was taken by the Lord. There are clear references to the rapture, um, as I've shared in detail in a previous article. So you can look that up. There is a lot of detail about this particular week of final warnings, the week-long time span of ministering to the exiled in Babylon. 
So we are now also under the influence of the system of Babylon. We've been called out to be watchmen for the Lord. Do not watch and guard our own hearts, but also look out and look up as to what the Lord is communicating to overcome what the enemy uh, has uh, planned against us, is plotting against us to become overcomers in Christ. So the mark on the fifth day is the onset of a week of warning, but also of mourning and astonishment, um, meaning the manifestations that were shown to Ezekiel and the people at the time uh, really uh, overwhelmed them. The week-long time spent of ministering to the exiled in Babylon resonates with a birthing to circumcision pattern of a first and an eighth day. The transformation of the man-child company, the 144,000 of Revelation 14, the people the Lord is going to transform to commission them to work in the end times harvest, is implied in um, this scripture portion. So we have a week-long pattern of final warnings and then another uh, sign of Ezekiel being taken up into heaven. So we have a double bookend. And um, I think it's really interesting to read the article we've shared, uh, I think over a year ago, uh, because of the beautiful references to the rapture. And then, of course, the uh, prophecy given to the little Swedish boy of a pre-gathering of bridal harvesters again in Egypt. And that pertained to a time span from Friday to Sunday, a uh, training of the end times harvesters, a final warnings being given, and then a um, final rescue mission, which I believe resonates with the final rescues of both Lot and Rahab. Then we have the Kaduri Shoshani prophecies that uh, Brother Paul from Revelation uh, chapter 12 has uh, so faithfully shared with us in addition to uh, Steve Fletcher. And then we have the Black Friday to Black Sunday predictive programming by the enemy we have shared prior with regard to the um, foreshadowing in the X-Files in the uh, video that Blondie did on uh, nuclear fallout pertaining to the same uh, time span and more references. So then looking a little bit ahead toward New Year's Eve, of course, it has a strong uh, uh, tendency toward division and judgment, the spiritual harlot uh, in particular. Remember that the ball drop on Times Square uh, it used to be an apple which was coming down. So the apple of the Lord's eye, of course, the Lord himself, but also his bride. Uh, and then we have the scenario of the cleft apple or the apple cut in twain, um, which uh, is adopted by the enemy to foreshadow the downfall. And we've covered these um, December 31st patterns uh, last year as well. And tracking back to what the elite has done in the coronavirus pandemic, we know that that was a ritual crowning of people with the fake Antichrist crown, um, them simulating that the serpent uh, venom ritual was actually a crowning with pharmakia, with trust in pharmakia and the world predominantly. 
as opposed to holding on to the crown that the Lord has bestowed to overcomers in Christ who hold on and hold fast until he comes. December 31st, 2019, um, it was said that the cases of pneumonia, they were ascribed to the uh, coronavirus at the time, December 31st. The next year, they issued the first emergency use validation for the uh, injections. I'm not going to read it out completely for the video to not be taken down. And then last year, they used the London Big Band ritual uh, to chime in the new year. And that is connected to the celestial midnight cry of Sirius. So in addition to the midnight cry we covered last week of the moon, uh, passing the tail stars of Capricorn, denoting the coming slaughter, we have another midnight cry because Sirius, the brightest star in Canis Major, now depicted as a dog, but uh, biblically it is a hawk constellation coming down to snatch. The Prince of Peace is what it depicts. That climbs to the highest elevation on New Year's Eve. And the hybrid uh, New World Freedom Tower, the tip of the spear, is aligned to the star Sirius. Also recall that London's ground plan mirrors the Hawk constellation, now known as Canis Major. So here it is depicted as a dog, but the asterisms also pertain to a hawk in flight uh, as, it, as it is about to come down. The uh, monument, the fire of London, is capped with a golden coronavirus-type crown, and that is in the position of the star Sirius. So the entire ground plan of London mimics the Prince of Peace constellation, the Hawk constellation, and the coronavirus is the epitome of their efforts to crown the people with the crown of the Antichrist-type. The design honors the satanic elites cloaked god Janus by attempting to crown people with Satan's snake venom as an officer of false peace and security. Janus is the highest deity in the Roman pantheon. He is the keeper of doors and gates, also the name giver of the month of January. So the transition from December 31st to the January 1st is rooted in the heavens, meaning to signal the culmination of Sirius. January 1st is a sacred day to the enemy, named uh, the eighth day after Christmas, and it points to their um, double-headed goddess, or sometimes depicted as a triple-headed god, Janus, the keeper of doors and gates. The midnight culmination of Sirius, the hawk star, the bright-eyed prince of peace, now depicted as a dog star, the highest in the sky every New Year's. Astronomers call this the midnight culmination of Sirius. As the New Year rings in, Sirius is at its highest. By midnight, by the way, we mean the middle of the night. That is midway between the sunset and sunrise. Just like the sun, and this, just like the sun, the stars rise in the east and they travel westward across the sky from our vantage point. When the sun or any star is in the eastern half of the sky, it is climbing upward. When the sun or any star is in the western sky, it is descending downward. Midway between rising and setting, the sun or any star reaches its highest point in the sky. And we also call that at meridian.
we can picture the hawk actually climbing down to its highest altitude before coming down to snatch. So today we have the conjunction of the moon and Neptune. Neptune is associated with the trident, with the uh, godhead of the sea, the beast from the sea, also connected to the first beast, which is about to rise, purposely. Obama underneath the head of the trodden down fish and right above we see the square of Pegasus which is also a reflection of the uh, Giza plateau and right after of course the conjunction with Neptune the conjunction of the moon with Jupiter the king planet but also the man-child in Revelation 12. We also have the conjunction of Venus and Mercury under the wing of Sagittarius. So this is the area where the Lord describes that we are protected because we're not only under the wing or the cloak of the, of the rider, of the archer, but right above it is the shield and the, those are flanked by the wings of the eagle. Of the eagle. So the Psalm 90 um, description of us being hidden in him, the overcomer bride, is hidden in the Lord. That is the area which is marked out. Um, and that's why uh, the, the evening stars, Venus and Mercury, are conjoining. Mercury is on its way back to the ecliptic. The forerunner and groomsman to, um, uh, to the groom is about to disappear from sight as it draws near toward the sun. So the conjunction of the moon and Jupiter underneath Pisces. The division, the first division marker. So this is also the first Sabbath after the new moon, the first lunar Sabbath. The moon is at first quarter, meaning half lit, half darkened. And this is also a type of division. So when Matthew 24 and 25 speak of the division of the five wise and foolish reflected in the heavens, we see it twice a month, first in the first quarter moon, and then in the third quarter moon. So December 30th, the conjunction of Mercury and Venus in Sagittarius, taking place under the shield or scutum, the constellation scutum in the heavens. And this is flanked by Aquila the eagle, the eagle's wings. Remember that the Lord looks at overcomers as little eaglets designed to rise above to overcome in the heavens. So that is the depiction of the wings he wants us to shield under. And then we see the archer, the white horse rider with his face shining as the sun. So the brightest star, Nunki, is where the bow is stretched forth and the Arrows are targeted at the heart of the enemy, the constellation Scorpio and the star Antares in particular. But in addition to the conjunction, the sun is uh, lighting up the face of the archer. And remember in the passage in Revelation 4, we are looking at Jesus with hair white as wool. That is going to be marked out by the moon as it is going to enter the constellation Aries later this week with hair as white as wool, but also the Lord had fiery eyes. And if we look at the constellation Taurus right now, the Aldebaran star 
uh, which is a bright red star, is flanked by Mars, which is just like the bull having two red eyes. And the planet Mars is actually aligning with the star Ayin, which is the representation of the Church of Philadelphia, the Church of the Overcomer Bride. So the uh, comet, I have to enlarge it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> 81 um, uh, P. Wilde that was traversing through Virgo is actually exiting Virgo December 30th, entering the altar of redemption. Then the December uh, 31st uh, alignment of the moon with asteroid Eris. And we covered that last year too. The apple of discord is going to be highlighted by the moon exactly on December 31st. So just like the culmination of series in the heavens, we have two celestial markers matching not only the New Year's uh, Eve time frame, but also the predictive programming of the cleft apple and uh, or the apple cut in twains. They have been signaling this from the time of Shakespeare onward. So this is a very important marker for them in the heavens. Here we see the moon aligning with Delta Andromeda. That is the door or the, the Delta star of the Princess Bride. And then the two red lights in Taurus, Mars associated with Michael and the Ark uh, and the war in the heavens, aligning with Aldebaran, the right eye of the bull. In the middle we have Ayin, and that is the star denoting the Church of Philadelphia. And after the moon cuts the horizontal fish, it's going to traverse the ribbon of the upright fish, those with a heavenly calling, at the star called Elresha or Elresha. That is the wedding knot star in Pisces, where the two ribbons are tied to see this the sea monster. We are reading to be cut free by the lamb. That is another signal toward the departure. Welcome to part three. What we're also looking at with the cutting free or the traversing of the moon of the upright ribbon in Pisces at the wedding knot star is that the moon transitions from the celestial sea portion of Pisces and uh, Cetus, the sea monster, to the dry land where the lamb is waiting on the shore. And remember that the disciples were fishing on the uh, Sea of Galilee, and the Lord was waiting for them as a uh, lighthouse, as a tower standing on the shore. And when they arrived, and in the book of John, they arrived instantly. The uh, banquet was ready, so the Lord had bread and fish ready for them. So we see a transition from the moon, from the celestial sea, onto dry land. And that is the depiction of the Revelation 4-1 throne room, with the Lord with his hair white as wool, just like Aries the Lamb. The conjunction of Venus and Pluto, uh, January 1st, Pluto is a representation of uh, Hades in the heavens, the underworld, and uh, we see in the planetary parade, which was visible in uh, June of this year, 
on the right side of the sun, we now see the planetary parade on the left side of the sun, meaning that the Lord used to uh, dr drive our attention to the planets as morning stars heralding the coming of the sun. And now we are in the darker portion of the year, even in the spiritual midnight. Remember that serious culmination as a midnight marker. We see that the moon is touching or traversing all the uh, evening planets now on her way to the celestial uh, silver gate. And Mars is going to be the last planet she visits. So let me take a look at the Christmas card I put on uh, the community page. Here it is. The bridegroom is coming. The first crescent planetary parade at dusk. So in June we had the planetary parade at dawn and now we have the planetary parade on the left side of the sun. So remember that the new moon was not sighted on the day expected. So Torah calendar shifts forward one day as a moon, the first sliver was sighted in Capricorn underneath the cutthroat section of the goat. So Venus is going to conjoin with uh, Pluto. Um, Pluto is uh, not visible with the naked eye, but uh, at night, uh, the coming nights, it's going to be vis visible with binoculars. So the entire planetary parade will be visible if you have a clear view of the heavens and no uh, pollution from light and you have a set of binoculars you're going to be able to see the entire planetary parade so from the new moon or the echad the conjunction of the moon and the sun the moon traverses venus mercury uh, and pluto saturn in capricorn neptune um, in between uh, pisces and the constellation Aquarius, I believe Vesta is still in Aquarius also. Then onward to the cutting free of the ribbons of the trodden down fish, then the upright fish, December 31st, and then the entry into the throne room of the Lamb, where uh, Uranus is located. Its name is, um, in Greek, it is Uranos, referring to the kingdom of heaven coming. And we know from scripture, in addition to the book of Enoch, that the kingdom of heaven will come with great shaking. So just like last month, the moon is actually going to occult Uranus. So Uranus is going to disappear from sight and then uh, reappear. Then Mars is going to be the last planet, the moon frequency until it enters into what we call the celestial silver gate above the club of Orion and the left horn of Taurus the bull. So that was the evening uh, parade of the planets and I think it is a wedding parade because remember that the uh, in the Galilean wedding the custom of the groom is to come when it is dark outside. That is why the Lord is calling us to trim our lamps, to have enough oil to go forward in faith into the dark because we're going to need the light of Scripture and the light of the Holy Spirit to light the way because we know that the time is not now just like physically dark in this season, but the Lord also foretold that the 
spiritual darkness would also cover the land at the time of his coming. So the conjunction with Pluto by Venus, the beloved, the David bright type, um, is signaling that darkness, the uh, representation of Hades. Pluto is the representation of Hades. Then, as the moon enters into the heavenly throne room of the Lamb, she's going to draw near and then occult Uranus, the planet denoting Uranus, associated with Enoch, also with the um, atom of Uranium. We have seen the enemy signaling that, and also all the um, predictive programming toward coming nuclear warfare. The visibility of uh, the occultation of Uranus by the moon is going to be in the northern part and northwest part of Russia. Um, so it's a very small uh, uh, range of visibility. And then Mercury is going to draw closest to the Sun. First we have Mercury at perihelion that happens on January 2nd and then we're going to have the conjunction of Mercury with the Sun and Mercury as a forerunner is a type of the groomsman drawing close to the bridegroom the Sun and the conjunction is actually going to take place exactly in the wing of Sagittarius <clears throat> and remember the uh, scriptures in Malachi 4 that the Son of Righteousness would rise with healing in his wings. So Mercury in the Roman pantheon is associated with healing and with flight. Uh, it is also the patron of thieves. So the scripture reference of the thief coming to those who are not waiting also pertains to Mercury. So Mercury uh, distance-wise closest to the Sun on January 2nd and then we have M41 which is a cluster in the constellation Canis Major the Hawk constellation rising to its highest point on January 2nd so this is serious reaching culmination on New Year's Eve and then the M41 cluster in the same constellation reaches its culmination the highest point of the year on January 2nd and then on January 3rd, the moon will reach Mars. Mars is associated with the Archangel Michael and uh, the war in the heavens. And I believe we are now experiencing the like overflow in the physical of the war which is going on in the heavens right now. And we know that the Lord said that that was his battle and he has overcome on our behalf. The moon will actually occult Mars. So there will be a twinkling in one of the red lights in Taurus the Bull, the constellation denoting the Lord coming down to both rescue and judge. And that occultation is only visible in the southern part of Africa. And I'm just reminded that the southern most part of Africa, the Horn of Africa, um, may also be associated with a last trump. Let's just wait and see. So we have a lot of markers pointing to um, December 31st, both in the heavens and in the scriptures. 
I have a couple of minutes left of the 15 minute uh, time span of the video. So I would love to share with you this footage from the portion of Joseph being reunited with his brothers, a foreshadowing of the revelation of, of the Lord first to us and then his brethren. He will turn his attention back to Israel. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence! So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come, come, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. <laughs> Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen. And bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him, weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan, and bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you can enjoy the fat of the land. You also are directed to tell them, do this. Take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives, and get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings, 
because the best of all of Egypt will be yours. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them carts as Pharaoh had commanded. And he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he gave new clothing, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. And this is what he sent to his father. Ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they were leaving, he said to them, Don't quarrel on the way. So let us take this beautiful account to heart and share the testimony of the Lord with our loved ones. And let us not quarrel amongst ourselves along the way. Much love.